welcome to this special Boxing Day Big Finish podcast. If you live outside of the British Commonwealth and don't know what Boxing Day is, have a look at Wikipedia. It says things like various competing theories for the origins of the term circulate in popular culture, none of which are definitive. Oh, helpful. Uh, the Oxford English Dictionary gives the earliest attestations from England in the 1830s, defining it as the first weekday after Christmas Day, observed as a holiday on which postmen, errand boys and servants of various kinds expect to receive a Christmas box. Yes, I very nearly read that out. Uh, so here we are on Monday the 26th of December 2016 and you'll be pleased to hear that my chestnuts are not roasting on an open fire. That could be quite painful. Uh, but there's a hint of a post Christmassy feel in the air. Well, you can hear by the music. Yeah, <laughs> Good old Benji Clifford and his Ziggy and the Ziggsters. Anyway, as regular listeners to the Big Finish podcast were pre-warned in our Christmas podcast, the usual podcast format is taking a rest over the Christmas holiday. For this week and next, I'll be gently entertaining you with warm reminiscences of the podcast and Big Finish from the past year. That's 2016, in case you've forgotten. <laughs> My splendid podcast host, who's singing away in the background, Big Finish sound designer and composer Benji Clifford, and he really is splendid, is taking a well-earned rest. So please, just sit back and relax as I select a few gems well worth listening to. Coming up, in a moment, we remember the Lucy Miller short trips with producer Ian Atkins and his writers, and of course, Sheridan Smith herself. That'll be followed by Jamie Anderson, son of Jerry Anderson, chatting to me on the set of the pilot minisode of a new action-packed TV series called Firestorm, very much inspired by the great Anderson productions of the past. After that, Richard Earle of... Oh, there goes my phone. Yes, oh, that was Benji Clifford giving me permission to use his, uh, <laughs> his single as background music. That's just as well then, isn't it? Yeah, thanks, Benji. Just reply to that. Yeah, you've just spoiled the podcast. No, I won't say that. I can't actually get my iPhone to work. Oh, that's better. Right. Um, <clears throat> yes, after that, Richard Earle, our very own Dr. Watson, chats to me during the recording session of our latest Sherlock Holmes box set. Richard is a charming fellow and so ludicrously modest that it's really rather entertaining hearing him trying not to answer any of the questions properly. <laughs> and then to conclude, a real star turn from actress Katie Manning, recreating her role as Joe Grant in our new third Doctor, Doctor Who Adventures. Need I say more? Well, also along the way, we'll be revisiting our much-missed colleague, Paul Sprague, as he chats to fans at an American convention in a rather lovely recording from a few years back. So, to Lucy Miller and Sheridan Smith. Hello, I'm Ian Atkins. I'm the producer of Big Finish's monthly short trips range. And so we, we had a list of a few people that we really wanted to work with, either as writers um, or, or as, as readers. But the one we'd had pretty much very much from that, that first meeting was, was we wondered if we could get Sheridan Smith back. Hello, um, I'm Sheridan Smith. Um, Sorry, that snort was not me. That's a puppy that I have on my knee called Dolly Parton. 
Um, so hi, I'm Sharon Smith. Um, I played Lucy Bleeding Miller, um, and uh, I loved playing her, and I'm back. We were aware that you know, she is one of the busiest actresses in Britain. Um, I mean, in the five years since she was last Lucy Miller, she's, she's now an OBE. She's been in Emmy award-winning shows. Um, the idea of us being able to get hold of her was, was kind of... Well, it seemed like a pipe dream. <laughs> Quite a lot's happened since um, I last saw you, really, I guess. And we've been uh, doing different shows, different telly shows, different theatre shows. Um, I have missed Big Finish and I have missed playing Lucy. I can't tell you, honestly, those years of playing her with Paul McGann, it was so much fun. Um, so I'm very grateful and happy to be back in the studio. Okay, wake up. Right, ready. Big Finish presents Doctor Who. Short trips. Sheridan was was working on, or she was just actually at that point. She was just in rehearsals for um, production up in London, which was going to be a significant one. So there was again the, the hope that as she would be around in London for a long time, we might be able to pin a date down. But we, we very clearly weren't going to be able to book her for days and days, um, which is an advantage of the short trips format because they, they can generally be done in if you're lucky, quite a short recording day. If the universe had seven wonders, if you had to limit it to just the seven, the planet Cerberin would be right in there, no question. Much as you know, she protests it's been a long time, it's just amazing how quickly she's fallen back into it and just what a good reading she gives. Um, you know, it, It's just wonderfully instinctive. And, and for me, who, who came to Big Finish... A big part of it is because of the, the Eighth Doctor and Lucy Miller run. That was when I first started buying entire seasons and really, like, absolutely hoovering them up. There are ten billion people in the world, so what does one person's life matter? Here we go! Kill me! I see what happens! What matters is saving this planet for the future. The threat is that if we don't act soon, the greater the consequences will be. And that's something I'm prepared to die for. No, more than that, it's something I'm prepared to kill for. Long after the evacuation of Earth, they forged out into space. And there were many battles to fight for survival. They're monsters. They're, they're a plague. They stripped whole planets clean of crops and cattle, left our people starving. The doctor's going to make everything all right. Tell me about the hothouse. Let me out, you mentalist! You enviro-mentalist! Whatever they're doing there is top secret. Good. I like finding out other people's secrets. It's working! They're running away! She's right! God, it's working! Look, just listen. And who put you in command anyway? His brain cell count for starters. I was just making a suggestion. And it was a good suggestion. Oh, yeah, and since when was it up to you? You know, it's an era I really wanted us to be able to revisit. Flashpoint by Andrew Smith, read by Sheridan Smith. I'm Andrew Smith, uh, and I wrote short trips Flashpoint. Looking for writers, I'd I'd been having vague conversations with Andrew Smith about being involved anyway in the range. He was one of the names that Lisa Bauman and I had talked about. Um, so he was interested in it. Yes, yes. So yeah, you got in touch again, and um, uh, the idea was it was going to be Lucy Miller, which was very, very exciting. Because I, 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 the, the Lucy Miller story, those Eighth Doctor adventures with Lucy Miller, is one of the, the the best ranges and the best run of stories across all those series that I think Big Finish has done. And I think really because it started out as that BBC Seven series, 
I think it's a range that always had that kind of new series vibe to it, even with a an older Doctor. Um, and it was the first range where we had like 45 or 50 minute episode stories as well, in keeping with the... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, that's my phone <laughs> going off with an alert, but uh, I just turned that to silence. Then with a loud crack, a hole appeared in the bubble. Air was sucked out, it was like a gale. I clung onto a pillar holding Elric tight to me. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Alice Cavender hadn't written for main big, big finish ranges, but she had worked for me a couple of times on the subscriber short trips range. And she had proved to have such a good ear for um, the Lucy Miller character. And, and it's an era that she clearly loves a lot. And um, she just writes Lucy so well. Oh, and the central heating's knackered again, so bring your sonic spanner. Oh, the Senate is a rubbish. So when we had begun to talk about Lucy Miller and whether we could get Sheridan and Alice was the other person I contacted. Hello I'm Alice Cavender I'm the writer of The Curse of the Fugue. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just pick it up from uh actually it's your boyfriend. It's your boyfriend. It's your boyfriend Lucy. Quite posh isn't he? Said a smiley young man holding out the phone. Lucy wiped her hands on her apron took the heavy receiver and lifted it to her ear. Um, well, I've done a couple of stories um, for Lucy, the Lucy Miller character, um, and I was asked to come up with something um, at short notice, uh, which I was delighted to do. Um, so I had a slight panic and uh, rifled around my room and found uh, an autobiography of uh, uh, an alleged war hero, possible uh, fantasist and I had a good route through that because I knew it had lots of uh, scene setting information in it and I thought great I'm going to write about a retired spy. The doctor said pretty to look at but not a place you'd want to live or even visit. I asked well why not? He said it's a strong planet. It's the opposite fall on telly would be great but I mean I love it here there's something really fun about being in these booths and running on the spot and doing you know the hearts are coming and I mean me and Paul used to get the giggles so much it was so much fun and the guest stars you know we used to get in and Miriam Margulies and just amazing people we went for this one of uh, a lightning planet uh, that Lucy finds herself stranded on uh, with this uh, young boy that she has to protect I looked round there was a boy maybe 12 years old, lying on the floor nearby. I think a friend, a friend lent me a, a Paul McGann CD and said, he's absolutely wonderful, you've got to start listening to these, which was correct. I've absolutely adored the whole series. When the Lucy Miller character came in, um, it was a, a new voice, and I, I just, you know, obviously fell in love with Sheridan's portrayal of the character because she's such a wonderful actor. Yeah, it would be lovely to get Sheridan back for something bigger, um, but just given how much time she has, I've been so grateful that she's actually found this day. While she's been busy, I mean, she, she'll be going straight from here to the theatre tonight um, to actually revisit and, and bring Lucy Miller back to life. So it's very... It's funny that it's as deep and blokey yeah. when Lucy's so deep and blokey as <laughs> Even deeper and blokier than me. I think there's a real, there's a real modernity to the, the Lucy Miller character and it's someone that you would kind of 
it, it wouldn't feel unusual to know someone like that or, or certainly to meet someone in everyday life which um, while I think we take that for granted a bit now with the, the companions that we've had from the TV series um, a lot more recently I think Lucy Miller was a kind of real change at the time um, and it's just played so well by Sheridan and always has been and, and she's been able to find all of the little things that I think Nick, Nick Nicholas Briggs who created her put in there in the first place and I don't think Lucy has changed fundamentally as a character indeed nor should she from from Blood of the Daleks that first story it was, it was Lucy bleeding Miller and and you know that that character is so strong and there's a wonderfully big heart there um, she was I mean it's, it's standard Doctor Who companion stuff and it will fight for what's right and and, and not turn aside from um, wrongdoing um, but it's just I don't know it's just it's quite hard trapping lightning in a bottle and, and yet with Lucy Miller I think Nick has really done that um, and then you've also got such a great run of stories I mean it's I, I love it as an era for, from Big Finish and um, you know, not, not wishing to upset any other producers but um, it's what got me to Big Finish and, um, and I think quite a few others I'll ignore Matt he's only assistant manager she said digging him in the ribs as he departed where in the universe have you been for two weeks at the moment I'm um I'm film uh, no I'm, I'm filming in the days I'm I'm gonna be doing a BBC One drama um, and I'm doing Funny Girl a uh, musical in the West End uh, so I'll be leaving the studio today and going on stage um, but I you know I'm just so thrilled I managed to be able to um, to squeeze this in because I'm just I've missed being here and I've missed playing Lucy. Um, so thank you. Thank you for having Lucy Lady Miller back in the house. So there you have it. Sheridan Smith in the Lucy Miller short trips, The Curse of the Fugue and Flashpoint. Now, those of you who watch the website keenly will have noticed that The Curse of the Fugue was out in July this year. That's July 2016, depending on when, you, when you're listening to this. Is that this year or next year? I don't know. Um, but Flashpoint is yet to be released, and that will be coming out in 2017. So there's a treat coming up for you. I would also just urge you to look at the short trips range. I was just reviewing it today, and... Uh, Ian Atkins, who you heard in that piece just now, has done the most tremendous job of getting together some great writers and fantastic performers. It's a great range. He's also um, bringing his considerable talents to bear on the Jago and Lightfoot range very soon. Well, in fact, he's working on it now. Um, but have a look at short trips. There's some real jewels in there. Well, in fact, they all are. I'm, I'm not going to you know, do any favoritism about any particular releases. Yeah, but don't forget, Flashpoint, featuring Lucy Miller, coming up in 2017. When we started the regular Big Finish podcasts this year, we invited people to nominate a spragtastic moment in memory of our dear friend and colleague, Paul Sprague. Here's one of the best of those moments. And in this podcast, the spragtastic moment comes to us courtesy of one of our long-time listeners, Fatina. Her surname is either Issa or Isa. But you know, I've never found out how to pronounce it, and yeah, I've known her for years. Very embarrassing. I actually emailed her to ask her how to pronounce it. She hasn't gone back to me. So here we go. 
Hey Nick, my suggested spragtastic moment. It was Paul's first visit to Chicago TARDIS and I remember he received quite the welcome. <laughs> Towards the end of the podcast, I remember asking him how he puts up with you and David. He had such a lovely response and went into some of his background. I think this would be a fitting way to remember him, especially for those new to Big Finish who never had the chance to listen to the podcast with the three of you. To make it easier for you, this podcast was tagged November 2012, number four. I know it's pulling at the heartstrings to go back and listen to Paul. At the same time, this is my personal opinion, I really truly feel it's helping with the grieving process for all of us. I look forward to listening. Ah, <laughs> forward. <laughs> Paul used to say forward. Forward to listening to future podcasts, and I'm very happy you're back at it. Lots of love, Fatina. Oh, I'm such a softy with this whole Paul Sprague thing. I've got tears in my eyes. Anyway, I shall now find that clip, and we shall play it. I've got one last one. <laughs> okay, hit Paul us. Paul Sprague, how do you put up with Nick Briggs and David <laughs> Richardson during the podcast? Because they do tease you, like, really bad. <laughs> yeah, David hits him with a ruler. That, we're not joking, he really does hit him. But it is actually racism, isn't it? Because yeah. we're, we're picking on him for where he lives, he comes from. Yeah. Where do you come from? Well, thanks very much. <laughs> I come from a little village called Backwell that's very near to Bristol in the west of England. So you're a Bristol boy? Yeah. Which means I can do the accent at will, should I so need to. Well, we're all looking forward to hearing more about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. ah. <laughs> I, I think the biggest part of it, to, to actually give you a serious answer, unusually for me, is that when I, I take very much after my mother. My mother was the one who got me into all the sci-fi stuff, got me watching Star Trek, got me watching Doctor Who. Uh, she reads comics, I read comics, all of this stuff, all, almost about 90% of my personality comes from my mum and my mum and her side of the family don't ever take each other or anyone else seriously and so I've just inherited that so I, I, I'm quite thick-skinned I don't care that people are just having a go I honestly don't mind so it's, it never really troubles me I don't feel enormously offended and David and I aren't like that and we cut out all the bits when he insults us because we just cry <laughs> <laughs> and, and and fr frankly, it's, frankly it's funnier if I just sit and take it it's, it's, yeah. it's not as much fun if I go, yes, but you're fat and ugly. That, that just wouldn't work, would it? And also isn't true. Well, oh, thanks. You see, he's a very loving man. <laughs> a truly lovely guy. And now to one of our newest Big Finish colleagues and friends, Jamie Anderson. Here he is on the set of Firestorm. A storm is coming. So, yes, I'm with Jamie Anderson in quite a noisy studio. It is noisy, isn't it, Jamie? <laughs> Cue the soaring. Yeah, it's really noisy. Could you explain what's going on here? Uh, someone is soaring some wood behind us uh, because they are building bits of set for the pilot episode of Jerry Anderson's Firestorm. It explains some more. That's about all I can say now. Uh, um, they're making stuff uh, about what is Firestorm oh you want to know what Firestorm is okay uh, Jerry Anderson's Firestorm which is uh, a new puppet series based on an original idea by my dear late father who also made things like Thunderbirds which I think a few, few people might have heard of no, hopefully just heard of that, yeah. Um, yeah and it's the first new Jerry Anderson puppet show since Terrorhawks started in 1983 so it's quite a long time but yeah, a new take on puppetry called Ultramarionation. Can you explain anything of it? Because I witnessed the first take of a bit of Ultramarionation. Yeah, uh, I think so uh, because films like Team America 
made marionettes, figures of comedy. People are generally, they kind of expect puppets to have a terrible wonky walk and uh, be unable to do certain things. So ultra marionation employs uh, modern animatronics and rod puppetry as well as some strung puppetry too so you can still call them marionettes technically uh, but th that combination of controls allows for a much greater range of movement and uh, uh, well dynamic movement I guess like running jumping crouching and all sort of stuff which you've just seen so oh. yeah watch out keep your head down um, yes, it was a scene of someone sort of jumping down through a ceiling and landing in a corridor. That's what it was. Make it sound so exciting. It was exciting. Yes, it was, uh, it was our, uh, uh, our uh, female hero character, Nagisa, uh, who yeah, jumped down from a hatch into a, into a baddie's base on an island. We've got it covered! Do we really, Nagisa? Of course I do! Yeah, so could you tell us what uh, the basis of Firestorm is and what actually this production is? Because it's not a full series yet, is it? No, so uh, we're, we're doing a, a, a pilot mini-sode. Uh, since my father was so fond of contractions of two words, <laughs> mini-episode, mini-sode sounds as good as any other. Um, part of the funding was raised through Kickstarter back in oh, October, November 2014. So ages and ages and ages ago. Cool. And we had all sorts of bumps along the road, along the way, getting the puppets ready and uh, getting the right crew in the right location together. And finally, everything's lined up. The stars have aligned, um, and here we are doing a sort of short intro to the characters, a kind of mini story to give an idea of the the way that uh, na the narrative will go, and also to have a blooming massive explosion. Explosives, really. Explosion. That's incredible. Mm, a very sexy explosion. <laughs> uh, lots of fire. And actually, it, it was so good that yesterday, uh, some grown men who have bathrooms and Emmys to their name were stood watching the playback on the monitor with tears in their eyes. It was wonderful and pathetic in equal measure. And you mentioning BAFTAs and what have you there, that reminds me, you've got a great team working on this, haven't you? Uh, yeah, a fantastic crew. Uh, puppets made by McKinnon and Saunders, who do all the puppets for Tim Burton's films and our big Jerry Anderson fans. Uh, our director is Steve Begg, uh, who has done things like effect uh, supervisor on uh, Spectre and Skyfall and Casino Royale and Kingsman and excuse my banging there and loads of other stuff like that too uh, Mike Tucker who Doctor Who fans will know the, mod the model unit um, uh, we have a, an Oscar winning sound designer uh, other, uh, other people who have been nominated or won BAFTAs all over the place uh, yeah a, a bunch of people who basically went into the profession because they love Jerry Anderson shows and are now here to try and do their very best to help bring the new one together you can you can see i was going to say you can hear it's all happening in the background isn't it can you tell me what firestorm's about what's the story about uh, i don't want to give too much away but okay. i mean uh, i'm in it so i know what it's about i'm just trying to get yeah, you to say yeah um it, it is uh, it's a kind of a combination between thunderbirds and captain scarlet uh, in lots of ways, but certainly in terms of the, the, the puppetry and the colours and the positivity of Thunderbirds and the kind of the darker side of Captain Scarlet. But essentially we're, we're a, a future world, quite utopian, um, 
everything's pretty lovely, but then some very unfortunate and strange things start happening all over the place, lots of natural disasters, uh, and then it, it appears that there is some outside force, outside nefarious force interfering, uh, and a, a group of elite men and women are brought together to combat it. Brilliant. It's a sort of, you know, the Jerry Anderson formula. Um, it's, but it's, it's from, you know, an original idea of his from 2001. Um, and yeah, we just sort of worked back from those original documents and redeveloped it, and and here we are doing some firestorm stuff. I know, and I'm in it. Can you I just are. say that again? Go ahead, Commander. I know you're in it, Nick. Yeah, yeah. I know. Thanks for the job. That's absolutely fine. No, you, you know, uh, we needed a sort of uh, a slightly sort of po posho computer, and I can't think of anybody better to do that. Posho. That's his name, Posho the Computer. No, it isn't his name. Um, you've also been working for Big Finish. Uh, just before I leave you alone with my strange fuzzy microphone, t tell us something about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been, I've been doing some Doctor Who for you, which has been really fun. Uh, the Two Masters trilogy, yeah. which has been really lots and lots of fun. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, I, that, that was a particularly exciting day doing the, 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 the last of the trilogy with Jeffrey Beavers and Alex McQueen together and having their masters banter there was something lovely like like the first time we saw Pertwee and Troughton together uh, and that the banter between the two of them it was all kind of the the the, the baddie end of that which is really lovely um, so yeah lots of, of edits coming in lots of sound design stuff going on at the moment but it's it's um, keeping me very 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 busy alongside this so thank you for that big finish you're most welcome and also a second series of terror hawks God, i almost forgot about terror hawks <laughs> how could you forget um, about terror hawks? No, terror hawks has been great because because the brief for that for the writers was uh homages and taking the mickey out of jerry anderson shows so there's a, yeah there's a, a ufo captain scarlet uh mickey take and the torch of the battery boy one and the Thunderbirds one, uh, yeah, and it, and uh, and a big exciting ending, which is yeah, I, 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 something they could never have afforded to do on the original series of Terrorhawks. So it's yeah, I'm very excited to hear that one. Something to look forward to. That's out in May, isn't it? Uh, is it out in May? I think you're probably right. Think, it is I out think, in May. Yeah. Terrorhawks series two that. in May. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> Thank you. You better get back because they need you to look at some shots, don't they? Yes, yeah, I've got to go and look at some monitors with some puppets on them. It's like you've got a job or something. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Jerry Anderson's Firestorm. For some years now, we've been producing a Sherlock Holmes range, and it's been my delight and pleasure to play Sherlock Holmes himself. But a Holmes is only as good as his Watson, and mine is and continues to be actor Richard Earle, who's brilliant. Here he is being entertainingly modest. Yes, I'm here with Richard Earle. Hello, Richard. Hello, Richard. <laughs> Richard's not very good at doing interviews and he'll probably just repeat everything I say. Yes. He's yes. now going quiet. That's really yes. good. Uh, Richard plays, what do you play uh, for Big Finish? Uh, Dr. Watson in the Sherlock Holmes series. Yeah. I'm very lucky to be doing it. And we're in the middle of doing it now, sort of, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We're um, three days in of a four-day recording. Um, pretty much. Ken's pretty good at going through chronologically, isn't he? Yes. But um, because you're all so famous now and you have such big names coming in, 
sometimes you have to mix and match the days with the availability of the big the big stars yeah whereas i i just hang around your house uh, and sometimes you let me in uh, and then and then sometimes i catch you on the way to your car so are we going to do the sherlock holmes recordings today uncle nick and you go no get off or I'll call <laughs> don't touch me yeah, yeah. i say okay i'll be in your garden so yes all right you stay in my garden I've just remembered this is what you do in interviews, is it? You just make stuff up. Yeah, that's not made up. You know very well I live in your garden. <laughs> the truth of the matter is... I'm the fairy is, at the bottom of the garden. <laughs> the truth of the matter is that we try to book you and you're always too busy. No, not you're at all. You're always working. I, I know, I know. You but are then, but always then, working. But then as soon as you've failed to book me, yeah. all the work dries up. Oh, well. It's like the How work, are we to know that? It's like the word gets out. <laughs> but, uh, yes, I, I, um, it, I look busy on paper because of because like, of the work like you're at the doing. moment now yeah. currently having to rehearse yeah uh, that counts another, as busy another play and then go back to, to to doing that but but for the honestly for the rest of the year nothing i'm just you say that but then you get a tour or some rep or a yeah. pantom I, I make these things up <laughs> if you actually google these productions that i pretend to be in they don't exist you mean we've cancelled sherlock holmes recordings for things that you've made up no you've cancelled sherlock holmes recordings for the good of art <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said, no, uh, we'll wait until Richard Earl isn't available, then we'll get a proper actor in. And then we'll just have to tell Richard, oh, sorry, you weren't available. None of this is true. It's, it's, all, just, it's all true. It's not true because we we have to wait so often to wait until Richard's available. Oh. That's the first step we take. Ken says, when are we going to record this? I said, well, we've got to find some availability when, you know, when Richard's around. Yeah, yeah. And it's always like, oh, he can't do it for three months. Oh, yeah. God, right. I'll have yeah. to wait. So we could have recorded this back it's in not September. Busy, it's just because I, I, it takes me that long to regain consciousness <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so anyway... Um, uh, I suppose for I notice people... our tummies are rumbling, which has been a constant factor oh, in these it? recordings. And what is the solution? Uh, well, a lovely pun, young Briggs, because the the solution is hot water. Yeah. To stop your tummy rumbling. Yeah. Yeah. Not what? food, like a, a medically qualified person would say, but hot water. Yeah, because after you have food your stomach rumbles in oh, does it really in thanksgiving you know? oh that's nice <laughs> oh, oh that's nice i didn't mm. know that well that's what mine does anyway right all, the, do if you all give the doctors it... listening to this thing, he's got severe problems yeah well we we, um, we know that we know that <laughs> the truth without <laughs> anyway um for those people who haven't listened to our show at home's place how long have we been doing them we did the first one in 2009 was it that's quite a while yeah was that's, it, does that sound about right that sounds about right Holmes and the Ripper mm-hmm. uh, dear old Brian Clemens script yeah um, so Watson has gone through several writers definitely in terms of, and I've noticed that in terms of I mean my performances have gone from awful to bloody awful to just <laughs> oh my god what's he doing now um, but, but your modesty is quite crushing. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite false. <laughs> um, uh, so it's been a very interesting journey as Watson going for. Oh God, I hope I'm not talking as if it's over. But um, uh, it's been very interesting seeing the way different writers have, because everybody writes Holmes. I notice in a very similar way, whereas Watson, you, 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 it's, a, it's a bit like the Doctor Who assistants, isn't it? You can go in any way you want, really, hmm? within within reason as to whether they know as much, whether they're as interested, whether, you know, what their own um, strengths and weaknesses are. 
But the, for the last few releases, this is the third box set we're doing yeah, by with Jonathan Barnes, Jonathan and then Barnes. he did the Perfidious Mariner before yes. that. Yeah. Do you detect a consistency in Jonathan's approach? Yes, yes. And uh, what's very nice, I mean, all the writers that, that, have, that have written have been uh, a joy to do. What is interesting about Jonathan is, I don't know if it's just because I know you. I mean, I've never seen you in your underwear, but I feel <laughs> as if I have. And therefore, I feel our relationship because you live is, in my garden. <laughs> exactly, I live in your garden. And th those curtains yeah. aren't as thick as you as you and Steph think they are. <laughs> but um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. There, what's interesting, I think, about the way Jonathan tackles it is it's very much, uh, I hope, a believable relationship. Uh, we haven't recorded certain scenes at the moment. Okay, it's so all that bit where, uh, where the word love yeah. is used and almost used, yeah. which is probably about as close to me kissing you yeah. <laughs> I just, I just, I'm looking into your eyes yeah. uh, what it's was a, a bit about uh, the underwear uh, again what, <laughs> what's that got to do with anything it's, it's our relationship it's because I, as actors I, I've known you for quite some time now. yes um, and but I've never seen me in my underwear no 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 that's because we've but, never done theatre together yes, I've never seen him act either to be honest <laughs> but um, uh, is that a similar uh, thing I, I think uh, the relationship between us hmm. has has grown and you know when I've seen your name come up on my phone I, I've gone from oh god to, <laughs> oh you know uh, there's a little change of intonation um, <laughs> as that's as that's gone on I yeah. mean there were times when you know I saw your name flash up on there and I'd just run and hide yeah uh, which is difficult to do at Finsbury Park railway station but it is doable even though everything's in straight lines is that where you live in Finsbury yeah. Park railway station when you throw me out yes <laughs> because their garden is very similar oh, is uh, to yours. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the, re the relationship um, is, is an interesting, um, <laughs> far more interesting than this sentence. <laughs> um, I felt, I, you interrupted. I was going to say something really good, oh. and uh, we might never know, get it now. No. You interrupted in a lovely way. But, um, thanks, thanks. No, not, uh, um, but, I, I, yeah, it, it's, but I, that's right. That's what I was trying oh, to say. I'm waffling on. But... Um, but you are allowed to say no, no, Richard. You're not waffling. No, okay, no, that was Richard. A gap. That was waffling. a gap. That was a silence. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, th as our relationship has grown, yes, uh, I think also Jonathan has has latched onto that. And once I, it must be, I've never done writing, but I guess once you know who you're writing for, uh, <laughs> even though it's me, and you say, "Oh God, we are limited." Uh, <laughs> never, uh, nevertheless, you still know. Oh, okay, th this is how that relationship will. Yes, he does say that he writes for our speech patterns. He imagines oh, really? us saying it yeah. when he writes it. Yes. Well, that's surprising because when it comes to a chunk of Watson, I just can't speak at all. Well, he and writes every... for your speech patterns as he hears them when they're edited together. <laughs> <laughs> My speech impediments. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean that's that's what I really like about 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 our relationship as, as Holmes and Watson. It is a very very close one and sometimes I mean I could be kidding myself here but sometimes I get the impression that when other actors who aren't new to Big Finish but might be new to the, the Sherlock Holmes uh, world of Big Finish um, you can tell that they sometimes when they're chatting at lunch that they say so you and Nick have done the you know there's almost like um, it is like a little double double act and oh yeah hmm. yes we've, we've done that and you're very kind that you've um, I mean, you're you're brilliant, Holmes, and you could oh, have had any kind. Watson, and Watson could have changed. You know, there's no reason to keep the same, the same actor. 
but um, especially when you're unavailable. <laughs> but it's been a it's, it's been a real joy to 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 learn to to because I, I have done big finishes before. Yeah. But this has been by far the most concentrated chunk. And you do you do still do other big finishes? You were just telling me you've just done a Bernie Summerfield. Bernie Summerfield, yes. What yes. were you playing, by the way? I was playing a soldier. <laughs> you can't remember anything else about it. I can, it, I, can. I can. I guess, um, I kept saying his name wrong. <laughs> well, you don't have um, to say your own name, do you? No, no. Gal- 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 Galeria. Galeria. Gal- yeah. Gal- Galeria. Galeria. So I, I think I kept calling it um, Galario. Um, it's Galeria. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's an understandable mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so I can say what soon. Oh, no, I can't. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, comedy, yes. comedy um, gold. It's not really, is it? <laughs> All right, bronze. <laughs> comedy bronze. Comedy, comedy gold leaf. Um, it's only that thin, and then underneath there's tragedy. Oh. Oh, um, no, I was, was going <laughs> to let that hang in the air. I just thought people might turn the podcast off and think that they oh my play my I, MP3 player's broken. I doubt anybody's still listening. <laughs> well, one last thing, just yep. in case they are listening. Yeah. Uh, can you tease people about uh, the judgment no it's not the judgment it's, this is the sacrifice of yeah, Sherlock yeah. Holmes yeah. I don't even know which box set yeah. I'm doing I was trapped in the past there because it's been I've loved them all but this has been my favourite script of them all yep tell us tell the listener t- t- tell them why it's your favourite script no, t- no tell them tease them make them want to buy it oh I see this is a podcast <laughs> Uh, no, ah, you see, I got confused. I thought this was on the set of yeah, CDs. No, this, this is no, a podcast. This is a podcast yeah. to get people to. Oh, well, well, if I'd known. Ah, oh, well, no. The the really good thing about this is that from the last box set, um, where things things were sort of resolved, but not. That's a very American thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, that Jonathan has very bravely carried on the story. Uh, all of those uh, problems he set himself at the end of the last one, uh, the judgment of Sherlock Holmes, are carrying on. It, it's a bit like a Ray Cooney farce where you see the whole thing solved before your very eyes in real time. Uh, Jonathan is, is well, we're not doing it in real time. Uh, there's no unity of place or time here. But uh, it's uh, things get even tougher. Uh, for Holmes and indeed for Watson and you begin to see I would suggest Sherlock Holmes is one frailty which is his love and affection for Watson over and above pretty much everything else would you say yeah, yeah. that's the reason why near the end <laughs> of the entire box set it really kicks off. It does, yeah. And are we also allowed to say... <laughs> there is editing, uh, of course, I can. Yeah. Uh, you can. Uh, and are we also allowed to say that even at the end of this box set, there are so many directions in which it can go, including, I'm, I'm sorry to say, <laughs> the potential... Um, um, what, what do you call it? Um the ending of uh, the Watson actor part um, because of the the dishy new potential uh, assistant 
Uh, yes, which, I noticed that this Jonathan um, just setting himself up for more work. Yeah, well, we, he's got he's got his usual glorious, which are almost a part of of his writing, aren't they? The, these um, mentions of other adventures that her, that Conan Doyle didn't know happened, yes. but which are ready to happen did, you, as soon as Mister Hay Gallery gets his checkbook out. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, did you hear me? Were you there when I was talking? There was one case I referred to: the elephantine butcher and the the silk cadaver. Silk-robed cadaver. Yeah. Silk. Silk-robed cadaver. Silk-robed cadaver. I couldn't get through that without laughing. That's Ken Bentley, folks, who's just walked in to tell yeah. us he needs to carry on recording. Uh, so we got to stop this. So just give us one last recommendation for why people should buy it. Because you're in it, Nick. <laughs> and your home is utterly magnificent and should be well up there with certain other names who shall, on this podcast, remain thank you and the same goes for you too Richard I've already gone I didn't hear any of that and so now our final star turn for this podcast Katie Manning you know Joe Grant stand by for action I love you, Nicholas. We're standing there. We're having quite a serious conversation, which is rare. Yes. And, and then suddenly I actually look at your face and I just dissolve into laughter. Are you, you saying I've got a funny face, Katie Manning? Well, no, no, no. I'm very short-sighted. So oh, must be... <laughs> You're saying I've got a blurred face. <laughs> a blurred face, but I read you. You make me laugh and you've made me laugh all day. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I've laughed a lot. Um, <laughs> could you... And maybe explain what it you know just briefly what we have been doing all I have no idea oh. I was rather hoping that's why <laughs> well, you were goodbye. here <laughs> <laughs> that's how, how to kill an interview isn't it <laughs> you know when you do those wonderful interviews and you would say now perhaps you could tell us a bit about the play well no, not really no. <laughs> I don't feel like it <laughs> any clues any little you can say anything you like can I really yeah, I can always cut it out <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> so there'll be just hello and goodbye big pause in the middle no um we have actually been working Tim Trelaw, who has embodied John Pertwee to the point that really I do get little goosebumps. As I, yeah. I won't say yeah. what, but there's a couple of things. That, I mean, all the way through, he's he, in the first time he did it, and this time he's he's kind of even closer. He has. He's you done know, a bit more study, hasn't he? Oh, yes. and there was a couple of moments. You know, when my my I'm doing it now. My little toes were curling. Oh my God, and, they are. You know, I know. Oh, the matron, my toes. Are, but he was <laughs> so terrific. Yeah. And and so strong. And the lovely thing is, uh, is the fact that he he's an actor. He doesn't impersonate. Um, he embodies that whole kind of thing. And and I can see all the warmth and the little twinkles in his eyes. And you know he's he's just lovely. And it's I think it's great to have someone who can do that. I don't think you can just take over and say, "Oh, get someone to play the brig and get someone to play." You have to have that serendipitous moment when somebody is fooling around. You suddenly go, my God, that sounds like John Pertwee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went into Liza Minnelli then. No, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It, yeah, it, I do. And it I mean, was, it's interesting you mentioned about the Brigadier uh, uh, and the Master, for example, that uh, quite a few people have been saying to us, why don't you get someone mm. to do that? What do you think about that? I can't think of who we'd get, and but you I know. think it's not just a question. I, I, you know, people have said it to me. Mm. You know, why don't we don't finish? know what to think? Really, but you can't just 
it's not something that can happen that easily. I think with Tim, it was serendipitous. It was, yes. Because, you know, you hear, um, I heard somebody doing uh, Pat Trout the other day, other than Fraser, obviously. But, mm. you know, and it was, it was, it was kind of there. But you wonder, can you sustain it? Mm. Can you keep it going? Because... I think the danger here, when you get somebody in to play a very well-known person, mm. I mean, I played Betty Davis and things, so I've kind of been down this road, is that they had something that was so peculiar that made them the stars that they were, mm. that you can get someone to do it, but do they have that little strange little kind of thing that those people had, that or je ne sais quoi. Or enough of it to suggest them. And I was going to say, or enough that which, you know, they can then, yeah, absolutely bring into the... And fortunately, Tim, being such a wonderful actor, has all of those things going. Hmm. And the more he does it, the more extraordinary he's going to become to the point that we'll probably forget that it isn't John. We'll just get in the wig. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, and then I get wheeled in in my wheelchair and I go, oh, doctor. Um, but it's, it's, so I think it is very hard. And, you, yeah. you know, as I say, you can, but to sustain it and to actually get into the soul of that person is very, very hard. But, you know, you never know. There may be somebody out there who can do and will sound and become Nicholas Courtney. But until they appear, we have to go with what we've got. And sometimes memories are the way to go. Hmm. But this yeah. just has happened. And, yes, yes. you know, it's a lovely yeah, we did. We didn't plan it, you know. No. It came out, as you say, serendipity. And I think sometimes the best things happen that way. If you start to plan it, you start to want to find the outcome and you might get, you start looking. It doesn't always come to you. Yes. Hmm. Now, there are two main questions that I ask people in these podcasts. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I've never had that reaction, uh, even before I've asked the question. Um, I don't, and yeah, one you the make first, me laugh so badly. <laughs> just by being me. Just the thought of being You think on, I'm funny? Like a clown? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be on a stage with you to see whether I can actually get through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, yes, I wonder whether I would. <laughs> yes, I don't know. Um, one of them is to ask them what what's been tingling their molecules, your your molecules, or agitating them. I, I started off with agitating and have ended up with tingling. I like tingling. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> Tingle away. <laughs> um, I felt like I was in Carry On Screaming. Yes, then. I'm trolling you. Yeah. I know I was oh, trying carry to give on it up. Tingling, doctor. <laughs> um, have you ever listened to any Big Finish stuff? Yes, as long as, yes, them. mostly if I'm not in it. Oh, right, OK. No, 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 I'm a great supporter of, of things that I'm not involved in. Is there anything recently that you've listened to that has tingled your molecules? Yeah, that's tingled a my molecules. A big finish thing, yeah. Um, I did very much enjoy Dorian Gray. Oh, yes. I got a massive tingle out of that. Um and even a tangle. Um, but I, <laughs> you I, were in it as yes, well, weren't you? but yeah. I listened to all the others. Yeah. Um, I thought that was superb, and Alex Vlahos is, you know, terrific in it. And, you know, once again, I get very excited about new young actors, um, yeah, yeah. new talent coming in, you know, and actresses um, coming into this business. And it, it's a joy to work with them you know so but that's the one that really has you know gripped me recently you, any particular episodes or no you know, i just, just thought the whole just thing the whole was thing. yeah no i did listen 
I just skipped me in the twittering sparrows because I was actually, Gary Russell said to me, he said, you know, um, use your own voice. And I stood there and I went, um, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I really, I don't, because even when I'm talking to you, I'm going to be changing accents and, you yeah, know, things yeah, like yeah. that. Um, and I said, it was like a bit like working naked. You know, yeah. I suddenly felt terribly vulnerable. But it's then, interesting. That's a little bit like the thing they said to John Pertwee about playing the doctor, wasn't it? Just be be yourself. Yes. And he and he said, "Well, I don't know who that is." That's right. I mean, if I knew who I was, would I act? Is something I always ah, say to myself. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's a thing. If you've got all these people, even my children, I mean, they get so confused. Um, you know, <laughs> who's mummy going to be today? Um, <laughs> But you've got all these characters in your head and they, they sort of, you know, as, as, and my partner always says, it's so lovely when all the characters in your head are working because you are really nice underneath all that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Big Finish, you know, produces everything they do is, is everything I've heard, you know, and I listen to, you know, various doctors and, you know, I don't always hear whole things, but I listen because I want to know. And I think uh, Big Finish has been such an extraordinary thing in the Doctor Who world and kept it alive when it was no longer there and, and what they've gone on. You've done some amazing things oh, that are not just Doctor Who based. Mm, yes, yes, um, things, and yeah. it's, it's, you know, the work ethic, the people, you know, everybody's great fun. It's, it's a joy to work here. And, well, we, and do, we don't see much point in doing it if it's not fun. No. You know, I have done jobs in my time where there seems to be a desire to not make it fun. Like that somehow makes it more Oh, then that's real. Or, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that's absolutely nonsense. It's like you say, oh, yes, we worked really hard back in, you know, in the studio in those days. But we had fun. And then you say, oh, yes, well, we were working so hard. We couldn't have any fun. That doesn't make it better. Yeah. And quite often, if actors are having fun you're going to get so much more yeah, out yeah, of them. Definitely. And that's why, you know, everybody that I've ever been directed by here, you know, you know, with everybody that runs it, and you always, everybody's very approachable. And I mean, been very supportive. And you've been lovely to me because I know with fans, in their heads, they can hear Joe from what they can see on the CD, you know, what they can see with the DVDs and things like that, you know. And it's quite frightening in a, in a little way. You know, this is 50 years ago. And I'm, you know, coming back and I'm no longer just playing all the characters and sort of doing an approximation. I'm actually trying to get the feeling of Joe, you know, the, who Joe was, the joyous Joe, you know, that wonderful, you know, she was brave and she was a little bit clumsy and, you know, and they love the word ditzy with Joe. No, there was only a tiny little bit of ditzy because you don't go around doing the things that she did if you're that ditzy. And she was incredibly, divinely loyal, offering her life for the doctors. That's how passionate about the doctor she was. So, you know, I love the character and I want to be able to give the fans everything that they require. But they have, you know, so my heart is there. It just might be a little bit older, but my heart is in there. But every now and again, as John used to say to me, he said, uh-oh, when I'd go out of my Joe voice. And he'd say, lorry driver's back <laughs> and you're very good at reminding me when the lorry driver's back you know because people forget that sometimes you're doing a voice 
yeah. when yeah. you're you're playing a character. But uh, yes, the, you know, so this, you know, all my love, all my passion, and all my you know the feelings I remember being with Joe, I I do bring here. I yeah. just hope they come across. Uh-oh. You they know? absolutely do. That's the thing. I mean, it's absolutely her heart and her spirit I can hear. So it's it's, it's beautiful. Aww. It's really I've really enjoyed it. And it's um, I mean, I've always loved you know all of Doctor Who, and I'm a real fan. I I rewatch stuff all the time. And you know, b- uh, bef- when we started doing these before, I started rewatching all those ones that you and John Pertu were in and you know I fell in love with them all over again mm. you know because the the beauty of being an older fan and you watch something from when you were much younger you it, it takes you back to yes. the joy you had then it's not just like watching an old television no, no, program no, no, no. from another era and thinking oh dear that looks a bit old-fashioned you absolutely relive the excitement and that's why I'm loving doing this. So I'm so glad you're doing it. And and exactly, it's it's a it's a and Doctor Who is, is such an enchanting thing. And what's so exciting about it too? You look at all the people that are now working in this business. You know, people here. I mean, people are meeting all the time that used to watch Doctor Who, and it inspired them so much that they wanted to go and do something. Yes you know, within this business. Well, that's what's happened to me. You know. And, yeah. uh, you know, and there are so many. I mean, you can, you can look all around Big Finish and there's all these different and, and also, you know, you take all your Russell T. Davises and your Mark Gatisses and Steve Moffat, yeah. These people all suddenly thought, wow, you know, this opened up an incredible world. Well, Doctor Who is how we all learnt about stories. Yes. And stories are at the root of all art and entertainment. Yes. In fact, the root of humanity because yes. we are the summation of our stories aren't we we, we tell stories about ourselves all the time well it's our dream time yeah. isn't it yes you know and we, we but just in real life we constantly create a narrative whether it's just the story of how we came into work today and what happened on the tube it's all narrative isn't it absolutely it's a lovely one because it's funny you know don't spoil a good story with the truth oh, which yeah. is, <laughs> John taught me that one <laughs> yes well I've said that to many people when I've been telling an anecdote they say I was there and that didn't happen I said I don't care yes this is more entertaining than the truth <laughs> I actually finished a relationship on that really? I, I came in and um, I said something I said well, and I had this great story and it was true but I was going to tell it and I said you know and there was 5,000 people on the bus and he said Katie there can't be 5,000 people on the bus. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, two isn't funny and we're through. <laughs> I swear that is absolutely true. Wow, you see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. On, on that basis, I shouldn't be talking to David Richardson because, of course, I was just getting to the climax of a story at lunchtime and he came in and tried to take you all away for photographs. I know. It's timing, darling. You see, I came in this it's morning. It's like he's trying to sabotage me. I know. <laughs> he's smirking in the control room I now. know. But he's... I told him, I thought he'd given up smirking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes yes he's vaping not smirking <laughs> but it's true you see when you've got the flow of your narrative going you don't want someone no, no, to no 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 to no. contradict it with reality yes <laughs> you know it's like those, those dreadful things when when people tell you long-winded stories with no punchline oh. 
I mean, that's that's slappable offence, isn't oh, yeah. it? Yeah, but that's yes. yeah. In my yeah. in my book, that's a slappable offence. Yeah, I've I've ended friendships over things like that. So yeah. good between yeah. us, friendships yeah. and relations. You can't yeah. tell a good story. <laughs> don't come near us because we're not going to hang well, around. But those people who tell bad stories that don't have endings, you find yourself trying to suggest endings. They say, oh, well, yeah. there was all the concrete there, you see, and then I said, oh, you accidentally stepped in it before it had dried. No, no, no it was fine. No, you think, no. well, why are you telling, telling me? me? <laughs> you know. If you haven't got something funny to say with a punchline, don't say it. Don't just report reality. <laughs> it's like when people say to me things like, well, why why don't they do this in this play? Why, why does that happen? Because that's what this play is about. Yeah. Because it's not real. If you want reality, open the window, have a look out. Nothing's happening. No, you know, no. No, We're doing this special little moment that happens. But also, I think made up world. creative people... And I mean, there are a lot of creative people all around, but, you know, people are actually working in it. They actually are looking all the time for something. He overhearing, you know, what, what people are saying. And, you know, because I love listening to other people's conversations and you pick little bits out and you hear these and, and overhearing lines. You know, and one of my favorite couple of old guys sitting down and I, I, I was at some theatre, Swindon or something. Like that, and these two old guys sitting down and you say, one of them said, oh, yes, it's, it's all lies, all lies. And the other one said, yes, there's a lot of truth in that. <laughs> and I just, you know, and you just think it's such a lovely life. Yeah, you can tell down. who I learned to do my voices from, <laughs> can't you? I wonder who was it. The other question I ask, and this relates to all this, again, about stories and stuff, more tingling and agitating of your molecules, just generally, outside of Big Finish, you know, anything you've seen on the television or on a movie or the theatre or read a book, something that particularly at the moment is, is tingling your molecules in an entertainment way so many things <laughs> really I mean you know because I, I I go to a lot of theater I go to the cinema I like I a lot I go to sorry, the cinema what was that you said I, 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 I just I don't know I went confused <laughs> I thought I needed to call an ambulance <laughs> it might not be a bad idea actually she'll come no I mean we're at the end of the day yes. um I, I it, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but that's the wonderful thing about the arts. Is, you know, it's, you know, we should, it's like if you're a couple, if you agree on everything, one of you isn't necessary. So it's very nice to have. Oh, that's a really good. Yeah. Well, it's true. What, you're going to just sit down my, for 25 years saved, going, oh, yes, dear. Oh, I couldn't agree more, dear. You may have just saved my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> you must have sympathy. You know, you've got to have that in friendships and relations. You must yes. have that ability to be able to go and see something and discuss it and even disagree because there's no facts involved here. Only opinion, you know, mm. and comment. Um, but facts are sacrosanct and there aren't a lot of those and they're constantly changing, it seems to me. Anyway, um, I, <laughs> I saw last year and I saw it again this year. I went to see the stage version of um, Train Spotting. I nearly had an old person's moment. Then I was <laughs> there. I am. What's your favourite thing? I was about to tell you. I don't and I, know. And I couldn't. No, Train Spotting, which was you know a marvellous film. It was a terrific book, but it is one of the most harrowingly powerful pieces of theatre. And I do like a lot of edginess in my theatre. 
you know, I like light comedies. I love beautifully done pieces. I love great writers. That's, but when you're seeing something new and something different, and what was wonderful about this for me is that you got in the stage version the incredible modern poetry of the language and you felt so involved in it that you were actually feeling like you were one of the characters. Now, I felt that a little bit in the film because it was so good, but having it in a small theatre where you're surrounded by it, it's a very, very powerful piece. It's like... Is it on, still on? No, it's, I, well, it's up at the Edinburgh Festival this year. Right. And this is a young people doing this, and it's a young producer. Um, this is England was a piece of television which I thought was remarkable. Um there's been a lot of good television recently, actually. Well, there was a film, wasn't there? Then they made a, a That's series correct. of it. That's correct, yes. Yeah. And I thought both the film and the series... I've not seen the series, actually, but so the film good. I thought was so amazing. So good. I like modern, edgy stuff. I mm. mean, all the other stuff, of course, I'm absolutely passionate about it. But it's... I like new things. I like new, edgy things. And there's a lot of people who went to see Dr. Faustus and didn't enjoy it. I loved the fact that it was edgy. It was weird. It was wrong on so many levels that it was, for me, right. And it made me sit bolt upright and not take my eyes off it. And, you know, it, once again, not everybody's cup of tea. But it's lovely to have new experimental things coming into your, into your life. And I, I find the same with music. You know, when people say, they all think that I'm going to say, or when I do, I've just done an interview where they, they say, bring some, you know, what music do you like? And everybody always thinks you're going to come in, oh, that poor old batch is going to come in with all the ones she used to sort of go out with, like it's going to be the Stones, the Beatles, you know. And I come in and, I, and it's not. It's a lot of very, very now music, which always sort of surprises people. But I don't think you can live your life in the past. You can enjoy what you've had fully that will always be with you but you know i think it's really important to be in the moment to be open to take on new things to not always expect everything to be the way it was although working with you will always be the way it was and is you are such a lovely man to work with you really oh, thank are you. thank and, you and well. having david richardson in there in the court it's a bit like having barry letts and terence dicks out there <laughs> <laughs> well yes yeah, so obviously i've grown a beard in uh, barry's honor <laughs> it's the hot thing a beard everybody's got a beard now you're nobody if you have, in fact i'm working on it yeah i'm a very <laughs> happening person katie this has been a pleasure oh i know pleasure's been mine and i i really think this was a joy today and i hope we do do more and we I'll, are going to do more You've i will certainly no try and keep little miss joe lurking inside me thank you and there you have it a fine selection of interesting bits from the past year's podcasts next week on monday the 2nd of january that'll be 2017 oh yes finally 2016 is over many will be glad about that uh, i'll be back with my final selection of goodies from a great year of podcast interviews i'll also have some great trailers for you but as for the guests who will it be tom baker louise jameson frank skinner maybe all of them who knows until next week bye for now bye 
two pints of mild, a packet of crisps, and some nuts. Cheers. Thanks, Gil. Nice one. I'll tell you what, you want to go play darts? Yeah, right. Dude, it's been the best Christmas I've ever had. Yeah, me too. Mars Research Station. I know. Look, Sam and Nagisa are two of my best. They'll make it. And so will the MRS and her crew. Jerry Anderson's Firestorm.